And now, City Slickers with Chuck and Victoria. Two judgmental New Yorkers talking movies. Hey guys, welcome back. It's episode 7 of City Slickers with Chuck and Victoria. I'm Victoria Keelan. That's my buddy Chuck Curry. Happy holidays, Chucker. Merry Christmas, Victoria. (laughs) Thank you very much. So in the spirit of holidays and Christmas, today's topic will be our favorite Christmas movies. And I think you probably have a whole bunch of them. Christmas time, I even watch, I watch everything about Christmas, even down to the cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies that I know everyone makes fun of me for, but I don't care. I don't care how bad they are. I still watch all of them. Anything with Christmas and I'm there. Do you feel the same way about Christmas? You watch a Hallmark channel? I do. Really? <laughs> I do. Only I, at Christmas I, and the Golden I, Girls. Golden actually, Girls and Christmas the movies. That's it. I, I actually do once in a while, but I, I have sort of a, a, of an issue when they start Christmas movies uh, before In October? Movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't buy like the ornaments or, you know, the keepsake stuff. Like I'm not that into Hallmark. Maybe right. when I'm an old lady, I will be. But for right now, I like the cute, you know, fun, romantic comedy type christmas movies god yeah and listen they, they give work to uh Ca- candace cameron so I guess, <laughs> don't even okay <laughs> i really like candace cameron okay. a lot right. and i because i grew up watching her on yeah. on uh full house understood so like but i really like her and she is actually super super cute in all those christmas movies so don't even don't knock her until you've actually seen her in a christmas movie because she played twins this year and she was really convincing don't they use the same exact script for every movie they do, though? <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's it's definitely it's a formula. Like I'm at the point now where where I watch it, and it's a, and if a movie's supposed to be set in New York, which none of them are filmed in New York, they're all filmed up in Canada, and, and they do it in like in a week. Right. But you know, it's like I can even tell you now. All right, it's going to be stock footage of the tree at Rockefeller Center, then stock footage of Central Park, and then stock footage of something else of the you know a carriage ride in in the city, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to wherever they are in some other city that's trying to p- pass it off as New York, which if you're a New Yorker, you know immediately if it's, if a street is in New York or not, you just know. So that's the only thing that you have to suspend your disbelief for the Hallmark mo- Christmas movies. But you know what, if you're in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. if you're not a New Yorker and you're in, you know, in the middle of the country, you're, you don't know what New York looks like. So it probably is very convincing that all these movies are actually set here. And, and two, and two things they all follow. Um, Christmas feel and two people always fall in love. Right. I, what's wrong with that? No, nothing. We've had such a shitty year. I know you, <laughs> like, you, you and I talk about this off, off the air. Yeah. But, you know, we, we've had a really shitty year and it's not even over yet. So let's have a little more Hallmark. Let's have some more Christmas. Let's have some more rom-coms and let's have some more meet cutes. You know, why not? I'm, I'm all for it. All right, so let's get started on our actual favorite Christmas movies because I know you and I are not going to agree on Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> so, like, what's your number one when the when the holiday season begins? Do you have? I know you have a daughter who's probably into holiday movies too. But do you have like a system? Are there certain movies that you save towards the last minute as you get closer to Christmas, or is it just a free for all? I'll I'll answer that question with with, with um, this synopsis. I always, for the last four years, at the local theater I'm involved in, we do this really cool community event where we show It's a Wonderful Life Mm -hmm. from 1946 with Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed, which I do believe is the definitive movie uh, in terms of Christmas. And And I say that because I think it's one of the great 
scripts of all times in, in terms of a character arc, the main character being George Bailey, and it hits all the reality of what life is about, connection with friends, with family, uh, with being stuck in certain situations for the greater good of a higher purpose. And I think It's a Wonderful Life encapsulates everything that's good about mankind, everything good about the Christmas holiday. And not only is it one of the great Christmas movies, I think it is the best Christmas movie of all time. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. So I formulated this event four years ago where we, we have three screens, total of 300 seats, in three theaters combined, we show it's a wonderful life. We we spill it onto three screens. We get it. I get it catered uh, from a local Italian restaurant. So we have really good Italian food. I get ice cream scooped, and we do dessert. And last year, we had 265 people. Wow! It's an awesome community event in a smaller area where I am now. Yeah, East Strasburg, Pennsylvania. We see it's a wonderful life on the big screen. And I got to tell you, when that movie's over. And people applaud in the walking out of theater. It truly is like a religious experience. But speaking solely as a film, I do believe It's a Wonderful Life, hands down, is the greatest Christmas movie ever made. And the reason for that, most of all, is because the film was way ahead of its time, directed by Frank Capra, released in 1946. I do believe, even though the movie's black and white, it has been colorized. We show the black and white version. This is a timeless movie that feels every bit as honest, as real, as involving in 2017 as it would if you watched it in a theater, whoever did, back in 1946. It hmm. is a great movie. It airs on NBC, uh, I think, Thanksgiving night in a lair uh, on Christmas night. Also, it is the definitive classic this time of year. So if I had to pick one movie, and there's a whole bunch we're going to go through in this conversation, but for me, it, it would be It's a Wonderful Life, number one, hands down. You know, it's funny. It, my number one pick is from 1947, so I guess we're both kind of old school. Mine, it, it, to me, the most perfect Christmas movie is Miracle on 34th Street, the original one from 1947 uh, with Maureen O'Hara. And I, I have the same feelings that you just described whenever I see it. And actually, the funny thing is, a couple of years ago, Lewis, my, my love, he, it was his favorite movie for Christmas, and okay. I had never seen it. And so a couple of years ago, we, we got our first Christmas tree together, and he said, oh, we have to watch Miracle on 34th Street. And I said, well, you know, I've actually never seen it. And I fell in love so hardcore with this movie that every year we save it until like Christmas Eve. We kind of wait until that's the last Christmas movie we watch. And I just think everything about it, it's quintessential New York. I love any time that you actually get to see old New York. And this was shot in, you know, it released in 1947. I assumed it was probably shot in 1946. Mm -hmm. To see what New York City looked like back then the Macy's Thanksgiving, right. Thanksgiving which, is parade, yep. which is just, there's so much about it. And just the fact that the, the belief in Santa Claus and the belief in, in, it takes you right back to childhood. And I know, uh, uh, your, your movie, um, it's a wonderful life has different themes in it. But I think for me, one of the things that I love so much is just, it takes you right back to childhood when you watch miracle on 34th street. And actually this year, I, for the first time ever, 
uh, my cousins were visiting from Dublin and their little boy wanted to go meet Santa Claus at Macy's on in Herald Square, the big original Macy's. And I'd never been, I've been to Macy's, but I'd never been at Christmas time. And I, I'm a New Yorker. I avoid anything that's a tourist trap. But I went anyway, just to see what it was about. And it was, the whole theme was Miracle on 34th Street. And it is, they had the movie playing as you snaked around for hours online. But it was so cool. And it was so cute. And the little kids were watching it. And they had no idea probably what movie it was. But they were just captivated with it. And it's, it's just, I think that's the point of what a really great Christmas movie does, whether it's A Wonderful Life or Miracle on 34th Street. That's what a real great Christmas movie does. It just gives, gives you all those feelings. So I think we both have two really good number one picks. I, I love uh, Miracle on 34th Street from uh, 1947. That's one of those films when I was a kid, uh, used to air on WPIX at a Channel 11 in New York City. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we watched... I think it still Christmas. does. Yeah, <laughs> it's the CW listen, now, but yeah, it, it, it's a great, it's a great movie. It, it has, uh, it has a ton of heart. Uh, an actor named Edmund Gwynn played uh, Chris Kringle. I thought he was, he was awesome. So good in that film. And the little girl's a young uh, Natalie Wood. It's a great movie. And they oh, also that's re- right, that's right. They, yeah. they also, I don't know if you remember this. They remade that movie in 1994. Came out, I believe. Uh, this, I think he came out the same week in his Home Alone. Didn't perform very well at the box yeah. office. But I thought it was actually solid. Uh, Richard Attenborough, who played John Hammond in the Jurassic Park movies, played uh, Chris Kringle. And the little girl from Miss Doubtfire was the little girl in the remake. And oh, I, that's I, right. Yeah. I, I actually, I actually, I actually, I actually uh, like the remake also. But uh, I, I can't argue, and I'll, I'll certainly embrace your pick. I thought uh, Miracle on 34th Street from 47 was a awesome Christmas uh, classic you know f- a few other ones that are in the more serious vein i i'm a big fan of white christmas from uh 54 bing crosby and danny k i've done a revival this movie was shot in what a process called vista vision really the colors pop and in a high definition format on blu-ray or if you see in the theater on dcp it that's looks- on my list this year i've never seen white christmas it's, I've, ne- it's- I've never seen all of it i should say i've seen it on tv in bits and pieces but i want to watch the whole thing this year really good you know the whole movie doesn't take place at christmas time it doesn't have a christmas feel toward in the middle but the beginning especially at the end full-blown christmas movie has a you know, ton of heart. And, you know, Gene Hackman's character in uh, the football movie, The Replacements, when he told Keanu Reeves, you know, they asked him, what do you have to have? He said, you got to have heart. White Christmas has a ton of heart. And, you know, Danny Kaye was a really funny, uh, very talented guy. And Bing Crosby, really good in his films. So, uh, White Christmas is another, you know, if you like sort of the old school Christmas type movies. I think White Christmas from 54 uh, is another one of those classic Christmas movies that yeah. makes you feel that makes you feel really really good when the credits roll at the end and that's it's, it's a good thing yep and that's so that's definitely going to be on my list this year as well and I've actually never seen It's a Wonderful Life in its entirety either because it's always on TV and I always right. tend to catch it at the wrong time so I think I'm those two I'm going to go vintage this year for Christmas those two are, are definitely going to be on my on my watch list um, some of my other favorite ones now, this is probably where you and I might get divided <laughs> in terms it's not, of it's not, a, it's not a Hallmark movie, right? No, it's not. No Hallmark okay. movies. Okay. But I think where we may start to uh, skew into different areas, I don't know. It's You know, one of my favorite, I would say my favorite, except for Miracle on 34th Street, number two, and we, which could almost be number 1A, is a movie called Santa Claus the Movie. And it came out in 1985. I saw it after that. I don't remember when I actually saw it, but when I was a little kid, it was on TV or my parents rented a 
you know, it was probably a VHS tape back when I, when they rented it. But mm-hmm. that instantly became one of my favorite Christmas movies. And to this day, and it was one of the ones where I actually showed it to Lewis because he had never seen it. I don't think he'd ever even heard of it. And then he saw it and he was like, wow, this movie's excellent. And Dudley Moore plays an elf in it. Right. And a lot of it takes place in the actual North Pole. And uh, it's set in the North Pole. And then it also is combined with New York City. John Lithgow is the villain in it. He's yep. fabulous. It's one of these movies that it's just, it's very 80s. There's like a lot of, you know, poor kids versus rich kids there's those kinds of you know wrong side of the tracks themes from the which a lot of 80s movies had but it has so much heart and so much of once again just like miracle on 34th street it's so much about believing in the miracle of santa claus and and just there's so much heart to it that every single time it makes me weepy and i love it and i i save that right till the very end right before christmas day that's one of my movies that i have to watch just at the last minute to sort of like milk the season as long as I can. Have you ever seen this movie, Santa Claus the Movie? I have. This is where I'm going to slightly disagree. I, I, I mean, I like parts of this movie, but I'm, I'm certainly pretty mixed on it. This was produced by the same guy who produced uh, the, the first two Superman movies over at Warner Brothers, and they got Dudley Moore, a big name at the time, coming off author. They attached him to this film, mm-hmm. played play the... Uh, the, the lead in the movie, the, the, the elf. Lithgow's really good as a villain. The movie has a lot of heart, but I sort of have a mixed reaction. It has some good stuff, has some not so good stuff. But I got to tell you, when it's this- probably mo- more for kids. When this movie aired on TV, though, it had the worst film stock. Look, it, look, it looks awful when they air it on TV, but I'm happy to announce there's a new Blu-ray. Uh, I believe it's remastered. It looks actually really good uh, on, on Blu-ray now in a remastered hot widescreen that's interesting okay because i actually bought it from amazon last christmas i said because i i've just been you know renting it from it was i think it was on netflix maybe two years ago Mm -hmm. and it looked okay but i guess whenever anything's on streaming in high def they have to do some adjustments to it but um on amazon i i now just bought it from streaming amazon prime and it looks great so even the the reindeer, which I guess could probably look pretty fake if it's not, you know, if they didn't kind of tweak it. But I think it looks really good. But Blu-ray would probably be even better. Yeah, no doubt. The Blu-ray cut is the way to go. I uh, just want to point out, uh, you know, Christmas Carol. There's been so many different variations yeah. in version. Uh, I like two of them. Uh, I'm a big fan of a 1970 version, which is a musical with Albert Finney. It was called Scrooge. There's a song and dance monitor, uh, number called where uh, Albert Finney sings Thank You Very Much, uh, I think is awesome. I like that version a lot. And uh, the Bill Murray version, Scrooge, which came out in 1989, I've done a revival of that also on the big screen where we drew a pretty big crowd. I got to tell you, I think that movie, like a fine wine, has got better with age. And I think it's even a better product that is now in 2017 than it was when it was initially released in hmm. 1989. Bill Murray's really good in that film. The- yeah, I like him in that. I mean, I love Bill Murray no matter what. So I, I but I do like him in it. I think, uh, I'm trying to think the last time I saw that. I think it might have been last Christmas I saw Scrooge. And uh, I like it a lot because I like Bill Murray. Lewis was kind of like, eh, it's okay. He's not the biggest Bill Murray fan unless it's in Ghostbusters. So. I don't know. I, I don't know if it if that movie that might be more of a, a Bill Murray type thing. If you yeah. like him, that you like the movie more. I also thought the supporting cast Bobcat Goldquaith uh, as Bob Cratchit. I thought it was really funny, and that film has a ton of celebrity cameos. Buddy Hackett, yeah. um, um, 
Bobcat Goldthwait is hilarious Lee in everything. I love Lee, him. Lee Majors pops up in that movie. Robert Mitchum. It has a whole, you know, t- ton of uh, cameos in that movie. But the end, when Bill Murray actually talks to the audience uh, yeah. throughout the end credits, I thought it was really good. And if you're a Bill Murray fan, you got to like Scrooge. But yeah. that was directed by Richard Donner, who did the original Superman and Lethal Weapon movies. His relationship on set with Bill Murray was strained to, to say the least. A lot of people felt it was overproduced mm. uh, at, at the time. But I, I'm going to stand on record and say that the movie over time, for me, has gotten better and better. And I enjoy it tremendously this time of year. And I would be remiss to say another one that I think is a must-see this time of year. I, I think uh, the original Home Alone from uh, oh, like yeah. 89 is a Christmas cl- a classic. I do believe Macaulay Culkin, Macaulkin was one of the, the most seriously special child actors of all time there's something about uh his 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 um maturity level uh at such a young age that made mm-hmm. this movie so special this was a massive massive word of mouth hit when it hit theaters back in um in uh the, the late i think it was it was it i think it might have been uh, 1990 yeah uh, i was gonna say was, i think it was yeah, 90s because was wasn't at- this after he did uncle buck yeah it was uncle buck uh he was a little bit uh younger, younger than uncle yeah buck. But Home Alone, which was directed by Chris Columbus, uh, just a, a, a Christmas classic. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the injection of all that dark uh, roadrunner type violence in the movie, I think what makes it so popular. You know, kids mm-hmm. love it. Adults were into it. But a lot of people back in 90 were seeing this movie two, three, four times in a the theater. Um, you know, it stood the test of time. I watch it over and over every year. Every time it's on TV, I watch it. I, I, I th- it just, there's something about it that is, it, there's a, I don't know, there is something that's timeless about it, which I think is so cool because so many Christmas movies are very dated looking. And there is something about Home Alone where it just, it never gets old. And I agree with you about Macaulay Culkin. He is just, he was an anomaly. I don't know that there was ever another kid actor that I've ever seen in my lifetime that was as good who literally he holds the whole movie the whole movie is on him and even when he doesn't have joe pesci and daniel stern the two bad guys who were hilarious bad guys by the way they were hilarious but even when he doesn't have scenes with them where he's just alone in the house or making dinner or he's in the church by himself he just he was a star he really just was a movie star i i I agree 100 percent. now i'll tell you a quick footnote on that is the scene in the, the the older man who played his next door neighbor, mm-hmm. that heartfelt scene. Oh, I love that in, in the church. That's the, right before it sets up the last act where he does battle with the wet bandits, played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. They shot the movie. They went in the editing room. They did a rough cut, and they knew the movie needed a, a little something extra in terms of heart. Mm-hmm. So they wrote they wrote uh, that scene in the church with Macaulay Culkin and the older man, which gave the movie a, a lot of heart, shot it, put it into the film. And that scene is one of the reasons I think that makes Home Alone a classic because throughout all the cartoon violence yeah. in, in the slapstick, it's that scene in the movie with uh, M- M- uh, Macaulay Culkin's uh, uh, McAllister character and that older 
neighbor character that really gives that movie a ton of heart and uh it's yeah, actually, and he's telling it's actually him to, bittersweet it's a really good it scene. is yep and, and where he's telling him you know he see the, the the old man is there to watch his granddaughter right. in the choir and yep. he's saying you know you should talk to your son you never know and it's it's kind of interesting because here's this kid it's it's a really deep adult scene for a little kid who's literally been left behind by his Absolutely. entire family and he's eight years old yeah. and it's it, it is it, and once again i think i just give props to macaulay culkin because he really he could handle the, the 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 slapstick comedy stuff and he was really able to handle the depth of the of that conversation that this old man you know was having such a a, a strange relationship with his own family and to get that kind of advice from an eight-year-old it would have to be a special eight-year-old i think it just really props to uh, macaulay culkin again I, I think there are so many layers to that movie and I, I think that's i think you're exactly right it's why it is such a classic and it just never gets old um one thing i want to go back to really quick that you mentioned uh, the uh, which is such a classic as well. The Christmas Carol movies. There are so many of them now, and I I remember when I was a little kid, they played the old black and white one, and I want to say was that from like the thirties? Yeah, the it, was, uh, it, it was. It was very right? very old. Yeah, it's from really the, old. Thirties. Yeah, that gave me nightmares. I was I was really young, and I think my grandfather was watching it, and and it was all in black and white, and Jacob Marley and the chains and everything, and it just gave me nightmares. It was terrifying. The one that came after that was 1951, and I forget who starred in it, but that one is the one later on as I got older, I started to really appreciate. And so of all of the ones, and there was even one with Patrick Stewart that wasn't bad, uh, there have just been so many different incarnations of it. But I think the 1951 version is the one that I kind of go back to the most. It has the most true-to-the-book feel, and it has, um, it's very quintessentially British. I don't know if you've seen the one from 1951 yeah, versus I've... the old, old, old one. Yeah, I mean, it's been done... So a many lot. different times and many variations. Even the Muffets did it with a Muffet uh, Christmas Carol, right. <laughs> which uh, my, my, Michael Caine. But that 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 concept has been done, and it's a good concept. I mean, the, you know, Charles Dickens' novel is yeah. a great novel, so it's been uh, done many many times. I just want to bounce off into the conversation we're having about Home Alone when they did Home Alone two. Basically, instead of a sequel, they really re just remade yeah. the film with disappointing. With in well, actually, I I like it. I'm a fan. Uh, they, they, they you know they put it in New York City, but the old the old neighbor character in the movie, uh, they reworked that character with uh, an actress named Brenda Fricker as the pigeon lady in Central yeah. Park. It's the same the same speech. Same thing. Yeah. Same, same character, just in, in, a different incarnation in, yeah. uh, into a you know a, a female instead of instead of a male. But uh, uh, I like Home a Home Alone too, Lost in New York, but the original film is uh, the true uh, Classic. Yeah, that's always going to be a classic. Um, some of the other ones that made my list of uh, of favorite holiday movies, uh, of course, I have Home Alone on there, uh, Miracle on 34th, 34th Street, Santa Claus, the movie, um, the 1951 Christmas Carol. Then there's some other like goofier ones, less serious ones. Love Actually, which is has some funny moments. It's tons of heart. Um, that to me is just a, a movie that has such an amazing cast. I, I every year I look forward to what a lot of girls say. It's Love Actually season, and then it. that becomes a, a hashtag on Twitter. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff in that movie as well. I agree. And and, uh, and another British esque movie that I have I, I like I just watched it again on Saturday I like it but I have a little bit of some mixed feelings about it have you ever seen a movie called The Holiday with um, Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz and Jude Law 
I know of it. I've seen it on cable. Uh, you, you a fan? It's, you know, I, it's funny. Basically what happens, Kate Winslet lives in England and gets her, the guy that she's in love with gets engaged to someone else. So she decides to take a holiday. She swaps houses with Cameron Diaz, Diaz who lives in LA. And so Cameron Diaz is just, she overacts. And that's kind of my biggest complaint with it is that in the beginning, she's just very high strung and distracting. However, the scenes that she has in this little cottage that she swaps with Kate Winslet in England in the snow and everything, it's gorgeous and it's all at Christmas time. And then of course, Jude Law, who's, you know, dreamy. So that part of it, I really do like, <laughs> but then Kate Winslet, when uh -huh. she's in LA, she strikes up a friendship with her next door, with the next door neighbor who is Eli Wallach. And he's the, the most heart-wrenching and touching scenes that I think I've ever seen in any movie are between Kate Winslet and Eli Wallach. And he's in his nineties. It was a few years before he died. Okay. And, uh, and Jack Black plays her love interest. And Jack Black is someone you either love him or hate him, I think. I love but him. Jack Black plays a total straight character. He's not funny. He's not Jack Black at all. Mm -hmm. And it's some of the best acting he's ever done. And to have him play opposite Kate Winslet, who is, you know, an Austin multiple Oscar winner, he really holds his own. And so the movie is divided into two parts, essentially what's happening in LA and what's happening in England. And it's, so it's a little disjointed and then they come together in the end to kind of, but they don't have any scenes together. Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet have one scene together in the entire movie. So it's kind of interesting in that sense, but it is cute and it's definitely, it's, um, it's a, it's not my favorite, but it's on my list of like the top 15, but it's, it's cute. It's definitely a cute movie. If you've never seen it, I would say see it just for Jack Black's performance alone and for the Eli Wallach scenes, which will just tug at the heartstrings. He's, oh, you just want to take him home. He's the most adorable little old man ever. Very good. I got, I got to watch that in its entirety to uh, really give a stronger opinion one way or another. I'm going to bounce into, you just give me your opinion, uh, like or not, Elf, big uh, fan favorite. I'm looking time. at it right now on my list. That was the next one on my list. So I, 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 listen, I can't tell you I'm the biggest Will Ferrell fan, yeah. but I do believe this is a terrific movie that fits mm -hmm. his persona beautifully. So yeah. I big thumbs up for me for Elf. Yeah, I think Elf is great too. I love, uh, I think it was really original. There's certainly nothing I've, that I've ever seen that's a movie like that. So I thought that was a great concept. I thought that all the actors, the supporting actors were great. Um, Mary Steenburgen is always good and everything. James Caan was fabulous. Yep. Um, I, I, yeah, and the fact that it's in New York, yet another, another reason to love it. And Christmas in New York is just, it's a special time and it's a special place. So yeah, I would definitely give thumbs up to Elf for sure. A Christmas Story, 83. Uh, huge, huge. A lot of people regard this as the greatest Christmas movie of all time. I certainly like it. I just don't feel, uh, I just don't embrace it as much yeah. uh, as a is one of the great Christmas movies of all time. But I, I, I certainly like it. It plays 24 hours straight on TNT. <laughs> so obviously uh, has to have a lot of, uh, a, a lot of interest. National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation, Chevy Chase. That's I, two thumbs up. Yeah, two I thumbs like up. Yeah, I can. I like that's another one like Home Alone. I can. I've watched it a million times. Like I never get sick of it. Uh, it's everything about that movie is hilarious. I, that's Chevy Chase to me at his absolute best. I, I think that and and even Randy Quaid is hilarious. So there's so much in there that uh, that's a great movie. But you know, I, I'm with you on on a Christmas story. To me, it's kind of eh. Every time it's on, I find it to just be very boring. And I, I think maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe. Like. 
I, I remember being a little kid and my friend's parents having it on TV. And my, I remember my best friend growing up, her dad was obsessed with that movie. He loved it because it reminded him of his childhood. So I think that there was just maybe a nostalgia factor for an older generation. But for me, it kind of left me eh, kind of cold. Well you, well, you know it's popular because this Sunday night on, uh, on, on Fox Network, they're going to have a live action, uh, a live That's right. version of A Christmas Story, which uh, I'm – obviously going to tune in because i just find those live events um did they write music for it or is it just I, the movie i don't know the answer to that question i'm going to no. assume this uh there has to be some musical numbers to it but yeah we'll it plays out on sunday night the santa claus from 94 tim allen what, what's your thoughts you know it's funny i just we just watched this trilogy because uh mm-hmm. lewis had never seen it and i had never seen the third one with martin short as the as the villain as jack frost um I, I think the first one was really cute. The second one I really loved. It's the only time I think in history that I've liked part two better than part one. Because okay. usually the second part of any trilogy is always kind of like stinker. Mm-hmm. And then the third one was okay. But I think overall, the Santa Claus, I think they're really cute movies. I love Tim Allen. That was at the height of him being Tim Allen. I think they're they're super cute. And I, I think those are movies that could definitely stand the test of time. I, I could see, you know, another, the next generation also watching the those movies and still enjoying them. I I like the uh, I like the first two. Third one okay, but uh, the first two made a ton of money at the box office back in the oh, uh, I bet. 90s. Bad Santa, Billy Bob Thornton. I, I'm a big fan. Uh, it's not for uh, you know not for everybody. It's not for everybody. But <laughs> if you like hard R uh, Christmas movies with a very bad Santa, Billy Bob Thornton was a good one, and I think the movie's very very funny. I do too, and and yet that was another one where I introduced that one to Lewis, and he was just like, I don't get it. This is not funny. <laughs> so it's it's. It's definitely, I like Billy Bob Thornton. I like that dark kind of humor. I think the whole concept of him being this drunken bank robber Santa is hilarious, robbing department stores. I loved it. I didn't see the second one, but I heard if you like the first one, the second one pretty much was in keeping. Did yeah, you see Bad Santa I, too? I, I, I didn't see it. Uh, I, the reviews weren't kind. I, I, I stayed away. Uh, but I, I am a big fan of uh, the original Bad Santa from 2003. I think yeah. Bob Thornton is a really interesting actor, and he was all in on that part. Oh, totally. I, I thought he was very, very funny. You know, it's interesting. We did a, um, at our, at our theater here in East Strasburg, another event over the weekend, we did a, a free screening, actually four free screenings of the Polar Express. And we drew a lot of kids. We had big crowds. Uh, Tom Hanks plays six roles. It's one of those, uh, uh, live, uh, stop mo. What do they call that? Oh, the stop motion. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and I, I gotta tell you, you know, a big round of applause, at, at, at the end of the film. But when I watched it, I mean, I liked it, but it's, it's pretty hollow in terms of storytelling. Visually, though, the movie is amazing and looked incredible mm. on the big screen. But I can't tell you Polar Express is one of those movies that I'm going to clamor. Yeah, but, I, I'm with you on that one. That yeah, one didn't really, that, that didn't move the needle, as they say, for I, me. I, I will tell you one sleeper that has really grown on me that I like a lot. And I watch, I actually make it my business to watch it every Christmas. It's a movie from 2000. It's called The Family Man with Nicolas Cage and Leone. Oh, yeah. And it re- basically is just a reworking of It's a Wonderful Life. A little right. bit different. Nicholas Cage plays this Wall Street bigwig who is... Uh, he's good in that. He's really he's, good in that movie. He's really good in that. And he's met by an angel played by Don Cheadle who shows him what his life would be like if he married his... Uh, his first love played by T. Leone and had a family and just was a regular everyday guy. One, I got to tell you, T. Leone's never been more appealing and likable on the big screen than she is. In the She's family. great. 
I don't like the ending because it's very melancholy. And yeah. they do something at the end where you want them to get together down the road and they don't do it. And they just basically have a conversation at an airport. But I think a yeah. lot of it, what comes before it is really good stuff. Uh, it wasn't a big box office hit. It's gained a sizable cult following, but the family man with Nicholas Cage, Tia Leone and Don Cheadle from 2000. I like a lot and I'd highly recommend it for people who haven't seen it. Yeah, I think that's a solid recommendation. Um, some of the ones that, some of the Christmas movies that turn into a somewhat heated debate in, in our house are, is it really a Christmas movie? Okay. Does it really count as a Christmas movie? Yes, and it does. Yes, it I'm does. Accused, yes, it does. I have been accused of uh, labeling certain movies as Christmas movies, even though technically they may not be. So I will run a few of mine by you, and then you can tell me, Chuck, is it a Christmas movie or not? Go ahead. First and foremost, Serendipity, starring John Cusack, Kate Beckinsale. Is it, feel, it a Christmas movie? Uh, I'm going to say yeah. Why not? It feels very, very New York. It's snowing. Uh, it's romantic. It takes place at Christmas time. They're buying Christmas gifts for each other. Why not? They go skating at Woolman Rink. Mm -hmm. They go to Serendipity, the little restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that there's, you know, there's a whole lot there that is 100% Christmas. So I'm going to say, check, it's a Christmas movie. I agree. Next on my list, this one is going to be up for more debate, but I still say it's a Christmas movie, and that is Bridget Jones' Diary. I can't, co I, I can't comment because I can't say I've ever seen a Bridget Jones movie in its entirety. So uh, I'm going to take the fifth on that one. Okay, smart move, because I would fight to the death and say that <laughs> that is a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now here's one that you may agree with me. Yeah. Is it a Christmas movie, Chuck? Trading Places. Uh, I'm going to say yes. It is, right? A There's a Santa movie. suit. It yeah. takes place at Christmas. There's multiple Santa Clauses. Uh -huh. There's Eddie Murphy. Eddie. Uh, um, Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Jamie you know Lee Curtis. It's a it's an awesome film. It's it's awesome. a great movie, yeah. one of the best ever. I love Trading Places, so that to me makes it on the fringe. Is it a Christmas movie list or not? And then my final one. Now this one is a little bit more of a stretch. However, there's a big chunk of it that does take place at Christmas and around the Christmas holiday, and that's You've Got Mail with uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. I'm going to go, yes, not one of my favorite films, but uh, yeah, I'll say yes. I have, a, uh, I have a few more that fall into this category. All right, let's hear it. Uh, obviously, Die Hard for me, <laughs> a, definitive, a definitive Christmas movie. You know, there's a lot of, you know, on my Facebook feed, uh, this always pops up. It's not Christmas time until Hans Gruber falls out of the Nakatomi building. Uh, I, would agree with, <laughs> I would agree with that statement. Uh, Die Hard is one of the great Christmas movies of all time. I've, I've said this many times. It's the greatest pure action movie ever made. Awesome. Die Hard is a perfect movie from beginning to end. It takes mm -hmm. place on Christmas Eve. So, yes, I stamp it with the Christmas uh, movie. And I've never seen it, so I'll just agree oh, with you. because I've never seen, seen Die Hard. I've never seen Die Hard, so Holy I'll have smoke. to see that. But I have, I have definitely heard a lot of people make the argument that it is a Christmas movie. How so. about, how about uh, Gremlins from 84? Absolutely a Christmas movie. I would say Gremlins is a Christmas movie for sure, because does, I, I haven't seen Gremlins in a really long time. I'll mm -hmm. have to revisit that. But don't they bring home Gizmo as a Christmas gift? Absolutely. It has so. a great small town feel. Yeah. Uh, the Marquis. Uh, in in town square, it's playing a movie called a boy a boy's life. Uh, I I love everything about this film, and I'll tell you a quick footnote about uh, Gremlins. The character Gizmo mm -hmm. in, in the original script, written by Chris Columbus, who was a director of Home Alone, right? This, I think was the first script he ever sold. Uh, they liked the concept, but in his in his original script, all the Mogwai 
uh, turned bad, including Gizmo. And it was uh, Spielberg, who was the exec producer, uh, gave advice and said, listen, I love the script. This is going to be a terrific movie. But my only suggestion is that Gizmo remains good. Yeah. A big part of the movie, which gives it a lot of heart. And I have to believe if Gizmo actually became villainous in that film we would not be talking about this movie today true we were talking about it but yes gremlins is a great movie and certainly a christmas film another one uh, a, a little off the rails you might say but i certainly define it as a christmas film and that's tim burton's follow-up to batman batman returns which features a total christmas setting in gotham city uh at christmas time and i am a big big fan of Batman Returns because I was a big fan of Tim Burton. I think this is one of the definitive Tim Burton movies and it feels Christmassy. It is very unique. Has a Who was Batman and I'm trying to remember Michael, who was... Michael Keaton, Michelle oh, okay. Michelle Pfeiffer was Catwoman, Danny DeVito right. was the penguin and um uh Christopher Walken was the the uh villain who ran that, into Walt yeah. Trek. That's right. That definitely does have a lot of Christmas stuff no in it, doubt. for sure. I mean, yep. big Christmas tree, Town Square, Gotham City very much feels yeah. like uh, New York City, although it was filmed on sound stages. Another Tim Burton movie I absolutely feel falls into this category that I seen in uh, uh, when it came out in uh, 1990 at the Zigfield in New York City. Crowd roared with applause when it ended, and that's Edward Scissorhands, one of my all-time Yes. Favorites. Yep. You're right. And I wouldn't really think of that as a Christmas movie, but it's certainly at the end that has such a Christmas vibe to it. So I, I would agree with that for sure. Uh, my, uh, maybe the only other one would be everything Shane Black, the screenwriter, has written. He always intertwines Christmas and uh, the original Lethal Weapon uh, had a lot of Christmas feel. That's more of a hard R action movie. Even Iron Man 3 takes place, much of it, during uh, the Christmas season. Shane Black, for whatever reason, really digs Christmas in every <laughs> script he, he, he writes or has written always inter interjects a uh, Christmas feel. Two horror movies. I know you're going to go, oh boy, why is he bringing this <laughs> up? But there were two horror-themed Christmas movies. One, a movie called Black Christmas from 74. Actually a really good movie. And then there was a lot of controversy about this one. When I was a kid, it was called Silent Night, Deadly Night, where Santa uh, wasn't so good and he wound up, uh, you know, killing a lot of innocent people. Oh, boy. And when they ran, listen to this story. When they ran coming attraction trailers to this movie on, on TV, a lot of parents groups fought back against Todd, wrote letters called TV stations, and it wound up pulling all the advertisement for this film. Uh, and it's gained sort of a cult following. Now, I'm not going to tell anybody to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Black <laughs> Christmas on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, but I just wanted to throw out throw that out if you really want to be diverse in all genres and there are two christmas themed horror movies getting the tv this is a little bit different than movies but i just want to bring your opinion uh just a couple of animated cartoons that i think are classics one frosty the snowman which i think is a perfect 22 minute cartoon mm -hmm. has a beginning middle and end yeah thoroughly satisfying and uh that's what, gonna, they call, that's what they call magic, movie magic, TV magic. It's perfect. Yep. You're going to laugh. I just saw that for the first time last weekend. What do you think? I loved it. I absolutely Great. loved it. Yep. It and was then, adorable. And, and then you got How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Great. Uh, Love that it. is an awesome uh, cartoon. And then Charlie Brown's Christmas, which is very simplistic, but uh, also perfect. And then I just want to point out, uh, if you like the Twilight Zone, there's a, a Twilight Zone episode with Art Carney, who is Norton in The Honeymoon is called. The, uh, the meek inherit the earth. Uh, I think that captures Christmas 
perfectly. I love this. I think this is a great conversation. So many different movies, so many good ones. Uh, and uh, most of these movies, Victoria, make you feel good this time of year. I love it. I, well, you've definitely inspired me. I'm, I'm going to include a few of the ones from your list this year on my, on my watch list. So you've definitely helped me come up with some more new ones this holiday season, which, you know, I can take some time off of the Hallmark movies <laughs> and watch some actual good stuff. I love it. Well, have a wonderful, happy holiday season. And uh, we'll, God, the next time you and I talk, Chucker, it's going to be 2018. Let's hope it's a better year because 2017 was kind of a downer. <laughs> you, take the good, you take the good with the bad, but this time of year certainly makes uh, uh, people feel good. And uh, one of the ways to celebrate Christmas is to watch one of these uh, really good movies because, you know, for even, a, even a, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, any movie ever made with a Christmas theme will play at this time of year. Yep, it's true. It's true. Well, have a wonderful holiday season and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll post our list on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash city slickers pod. And you can follow us on Twitter at city slickers pod as well and Instagram and wishing you and your family a very happy and healthy holiday season. And I will talk to you in 2018, Chucker. You got it. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.